morning, everybody. I hope you're doing well. Um, another God story moment. Um, this, I think it's uh, eight o'clock my time here in Shreveport, Louisiana. I'm here with uh, good friends of ours, uh, Jack and Stacy Ditt, in their home, and uh, we're doing God stories from here. Of course, this is God stories number 92, believe it or not. I think this is part 12 of the series we're working on uh, with the spirit, learning the things of the spirit. And uh, I was sitting here going over our notes uh, from uh, last week. And uh, I even watched some of the the last webinar and uh, it was <laughs> incredible. There was a lot of things that came out of that last teaching. Uh, if you guys haven't gone back and uh, uh Rewatch that thing. It's it's amazing some of the revelation that's come out of that uh, that teaching last week. But uh, this morning we want to get started uh, a little bit where we left off because um, I promised everybody that we would we would finish this thing as far as uh, the the birthing of Jesus, which is the birthing of the Spirit in us. There's a lot of parallels that happened to Mary and Joseph. Uh, that correlates with the way the spirit of God, you know, moves in our lives with a lot of the purpose that uh, the spirit of God puts in us. Sometimes it's not too fun. Sometimes it stretches us just like, you know, being pregnant, you know, all, all of you women out there, you know what it's like to, uh, you know, be pregnant. You, you, you find yourself uh, not looking too uh, pretty as you did before. It changes the way you look. It changes the way, uh, that you even your emotions, uh, being pregnant, it changes your emotions. It changes all of your hormones and it your hormones have to line up with the baby that you're carrying. And that's pretty much, uh, what has, what has to happen with us when we get pregnant by the spirit, uh, our emotions, all of our feelings have to start lining up with the spirit. And uh, sometimes it doesn't, it's not too well. Sometimes you, you find yourself mood swings and it's, it's only because you're pregnant. But uh, hold on, he's, he's bringing me some coffee. There we go. All right. There we put this thing here. All right. But uh, let me look at the screen. Somebody said it was... Uh, frozen, but I'm not sure if it's frozen on my end, but I'll, I'll keep going. We'll see how this thing works. But if, if, it, if it's frozen, uh, guys, it's probably because of the internet uh, here. Uh, so don't worry about it. Uh, we'll, we'll try to fix that uh, right now. At, at, if we're at a place where the internet is not as strong as uh, our place at home, there may be a few, um, you know, places where our screen will get frozen, or it could be something on your computer as well. But don't panic. Uh, I'm sure the audio will uh, will come back on. Loren says it's not frozen. Okay. Well, that's good. Well, let's uh, let's start back if you want to. Uh, I'm going to start back on John seven uh, verse thirty seven because. You know, this is the foundation of what we're working on. We're trying to work on understanding the spirit. And if we understand the life of the spirit, 
then we can understand our life as well, how it's guided by the spirit. And if you want to turn there again, we're going to, we're going to reread this thing because uh, we keep getting a lot out of the scripture of what Jesus said, because it's a true foundation of our walk with God. And of course, this is Jesus, you know, on that great day of the feast and uh, that last day of the feast. And he's standing there as they're pouring the water down the steps of the temple. And uh, <clears throat> he stands there and he says, if anyone thirst, let him come to me and drink. He who believes in me, as the scripture has said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water. <clears throat> Of course, uh, John is talking about, he says, but this is he spoke concerning the spirit whom those believing in him would receive for the Holy Spirit was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. So we now all know based on John's description that Jesus is talking about the Holy Spirit or the spirit of God. It will start flowing out of our hearts like rivers of living water. And uh, that's the thing that we uh, sometimes forget is that if you start believing in God, you'll find yourself in the river of the Holy spirit. And sometimes the river of the Holy spirit is not too fun because, uh, the reason it's not too fun is because you, we allow the spirit of God to take hold of our life and guide us wherever he wants to go and wherever he wants to lead us. And a lot of us think that being led by the Holy spirit is you knowing where you're going, but that's not true at all. Uh, when you're led by someone, it's not, it's not necessarily that someone has to tell you where you're going. You have to follow them. And that's why Jesus, uh, he was led by the Holy spirit. And then later on, we see Jesus being led by the Holy spirit after he's learned then he goes and finds his relationships and then he, he asks them or tells them to follow him. He, if you'll notice, he never tells them most of the time where he's going. You have to just actually follow. And, uh, I am sure there were some control freaks that were in that, that crowd of following Jesus and probably asking a million questions of where am I going? Why are you doing this? Why are you doing that? And sometimes you can, you can see in the Bible that, uh, he doesn't tell you, uh, what he's doing. He just wants to lead you into these places where he's going. And so most of the time, if you're going to be led in by the spirit, God is leading you, whether you know it or not. And, uh, some of us think that we're not being led because we're not hearing anything but that's not true. God's life is on your life. If you've, if you've asked the Holy spirit to be in your life, it's going to lead you into where God wants to be birthed. And, uh, sometimes that's not necessarily, uh, fun when it comes to our control spirits. I mean, I don't know how many of us out there may have control spirits, but, uh, I have, I have been one of those that has one because I always want to know where I'm going. I always feel like I'm supposed to know everything, but, uh, I'm going to tell you the the closer I get to God, the less I'm starting to learn to die to knowing where I'm going or even what's happening in my life. If I'm trying to figure out what's happening in my life is it's basically with me, 
uh, I'm being led by fear instead of the spirit of God. If I have put my hands in the spirit of God, then I should trust that the spirit of God is going to lead me not only in all truth, but he's going to lead me into paths that he wants to go. And whatever path I find myself in, I've got to see it as the Lord. And that is tough. If you're choosing to follow the Lord and you're trying to be obedient and you find yourself in places that, uh, not necessarily that you agree with, you've got to find, you've got to remember you, uh, that you said, yes, be it unto me, Lord, I will do whatever you want according to your word. And, uh, God will lead you into places that, uh, you don't agree with, but it really doesn't matter. Once you agree with where God has led you, you'll find your joy. You'll, you'll find yourself, uh, seeing God in your situation. And that's what we're going to, we're going to end, start with, uh, this thing with Mary. If I remember right, we, we started, we finished around when, uh, Mary, uh, ran into Elizabeth, um, the angel of God had told, uh, Mary about Elizabeth being pregnant. And so she goes and finds Elizabeth. And when they greet each other, uh, Elizabeth's baby jumps, <sighs> she's filled with the Holy spirit Isn't that amazing. Uh, uh, the first time the baby jumps um, is because the spirit of God that is on Mary or in Mary, according to the greeting that she speaks, she, she could have said, hey, Mary, how are you doing? But the spirit of God that was dwelling in Mary woke up the baby in Elizabeth and John jumped with, with joy and Elizabeth was filled with the spirit. And of course, we can see there, and I'm sure a lot of you have learned this, but uh, God will lead you to the people you need to be connected with so that it can wake up the true purpose of God in you. And most of the time, the spirit of God will come upon you when you find those divine relationships and it will awaken things in you that you thought were stillborn. Because I'm sure, uh, because, you know, Elizabeth, uh, being of old age, uh, John has not jumped yet. You know, John has not moved in the womb yet because he's not going to move unless God comes in the room or unless God uh, comes upon him. And so you can understand that maybe Elizabeth, for a season, uh, her baby had not moved. And so being of old age, you can imagine that, uh, she's thinking, well, whatever I'm pregnant with, it's probably dead. Uh, I'm of old age. Uh, there's really not anything going on in my life. Uh, I know God had promised me that I would be birthing, uh, a, uh, a son or I'd be birthing a prophet and, uh, he would be the one that shows the way. But if you haven't, if your baby hasn't jumped and you're of old age, you can imagine some of the doubts that went through her mind. She's probably thinking, man, I'm, I'm, I knew it. This is probably not the Lord. I'm of old age and uh, uh, there's no way I can actually birth this thing because of my age. And a lot of us out there are the same way. We're thinking that uh, because of your age, uh, you don't think you can birth something that's brand new or something that's young, even to this generation. You, your mind starts going nuts and you start thinking, well, whatever I'm birth, it's a little bit late. And if I do birth it now, uh, this generation won't understand it. But, uh, all of those types of things 
run through our brain because we've never been this way before. It doesn't matter if you're of old age. It doesn't matter if you're new age or young age like Mary. Uh, we're all going to go through this type of mentality when God is dwelling in us. And you've got to understand that. And so um, Elizabeth, I'm sure, was just so happy to hear the greeting of Mary. And then the baby finally jumps. And uh, I'm going to tell you, God will allow your your baby that you're carrying or your purpose that you're carrying to feel like that it's stillborn, to feel like it's dead, because honestly, it's not going to come alive until he says so. And it's not going to come alive also until you are led into those relationships that you need to get it coming alive again. And a lot of us have those issues. Sometimes you'll find yourselves in the wrong relationship. And uh, before you know it, you think that everything, all your purpose that God's called you into, uh, it's dead. And then before you know it, God will lead you into new relationships. And then all of a sudden, everything's wonderful and everything's alive. And uh, that's what's happening to Elizabeth. Uh, she's running into Mary and Mary is greeting her. And, uh, you know, it says in, I think it's verse 41, it says, and Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. Then she spoke out with a loud voice and said, blessed are you among women and blessed is the fruit of your womb. But why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For indeed, as soon as his, as the voice of your greeting sounded in my ears, the the babe leaped in my womb for joy. And blessed is she who believed for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told by the Lord. All right. And then if you look at verse 46, Mary says this, my soul magnifies the Lord. Isn't that amazing? So we, we talked about this earlier uh, last Tuesday. Mary agrees with God. And when you agree with God, the process of transformation begins. And then you start not becoming yourself. You start becoming like him. And when you start becoming like him and you're obeying his word, then he is able to birth himself on the earth through you. And so what happens here is, which a lot of you, uh, especially us, maybe women out there, when you like for all of your motions to be totally in line with the Lord. Man, I, I would love for my emotions to be aligned with the Lord. She says, my soul magnifies the Lord. In other words, my emotions and everything has now been lined up with the Lord and it's magnifying him. So her emotions starts to come up, but it's of God instead of, of that fallen nature. And then she starts prophesying and says, and my spirit has rejoiced in my God and in God, my savior, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Now I want you to watch this prophecy because I, I really want you to, to understand this thing. It says, for he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. Hmm. Lowly state of his maidservant. So, we can take a sneak peek into Mary's life for she thought she was a lowly maidservant. She didn't think she was anything, 
but yet God chose to birth himself into someone in, of course, in our, in this day and era into someone that we would think is disqualified. Who knows? Mary may have dealt with a lot of uh, loathing of herself. She probably was, you know, sometimes she probably thought that she wasn't pretty or she thought she would never be able to do anything uh, other than be a mother uh, or um, a wife to a husband and, and that be it. But uh, God had chosen more. She was going to be the mother of God to birth uh, Jesus Christ on the earth. Now, can you imagine that, that God chose, chooses someone that walks around feeling lowly about herself and chooses to birth himself in that state? Because a lot of us out there think that God has to put us in a perfect place, even in our mindset, and it has to be pure, it has to be holy, it has to be, and you start thinking all of these things about yourself Man, if I'm not like this, I'm not going to be able to birth the things of the spirit. But isn't it funny that God chooses to pick someone that hasn't gone through all the deliverance classes, that hasn't gone through all the uh, so-called uh, uh, schools of the spirit. Uh, he's chosen to find someone that has that feels lowly about themselves, but yet has not been touched by man yet. It was a virgin. So you can imagine the explosion of what's happening to Mary. Uh, she's figuring out that my God, he has chosen a lowly state maidservant to, to birth himself in me. So I'm sure she's starting to rejoice. As, um, and of course, uh, Elizabeth as well. Elizabeth's baby is jumping. Uh, it hadn't been jumping at all. And, and of course, now when Elizabeth opens her mouth back to Mary, this crescendo happens. And now the Holy Spirit has taken over both of them. And Mary says, my soul magnifies the Lord. Now her emotions is lined up with God. And now she starts speaking out not only who he is, but who she is. And so she says, he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. So remember that he's always going to birth himself in people that we think are not qualified. So we've got to wrap our minds around that because if uh, most of us, uh, and I can tell you most of us, including myself, I can look at people. And the first thing uh, that I've called discernment, I can look at people and find what's wrong with them. You know, everybody can do that. But isn't it funny that God looked at Mary and saw that this is a perfect place to birth my son? Uh, you got to get that one because when we look at people and, and discern what's wrong with them, we automatically subconsciously think there's no way God's going to be able to birth himself in that atmosphere. And so I need to change them and put them in the right place with God so that they can birth the things that God's called them to birth. Uh, most of the time, God wants us to leave those, those lowly states alone uh, and, and just prophesy what, like Gabriel, the, the purposes of God in their life so that God can birth himself in that place of a lowly state. God never bursts in place. His, 
his son or birth his spirit in a perfect place. I can guarantee you that. He always chooses a lowly state place, whether it be physically, uh, whether it be emotionally, or whether it be geographically. If you'll look throughout the whole Bible, including the beginning, the spirit of God gets excited to birth something when it's dark, void, and there's chaos. So how many of us out there probably, you know, re, you know watching this thing, sorry, the dog just bumped the uh, camera, <laughs> but uh, um, how many of us out there feel like your mind is in a dark place? Because this is true. I mean, your mind is in a dark place. You feel like sometimes your life is void. You're void of anybody. You're void. You feel like you're void of God. You feel like you're void of no talent. And every time you think this way, there's always this chaos that goes on in your mind. And then you'll you'll have this circle, this life cycle in their mentality of woe is me. I'm never going to do anything. I'm never going to do this. I'll never be like so-and-so. Those are the very places that God chooses to attack with life. You look throughout the whole Bible. He did it with Moses. My goodness, he birthed a deliverer that ended up, you know, he murdered somebody and buried him in the sand and then uh, meets him in a, with a burning bush uh, that wasn't consumed in the desert and just speaks to him the purposes of God. And see, most of us that have this lowest state in mind, you ought to know that, wow, the reason I have this is because God's called me into major purpose. See, that goes against the mindset of this Western world. So if we can start seeing the way God thinks or the way the spirit thinks, then every lowly person that we come in contact with, with we will see the purposes of God for their life. We won't see what's wrong with them. We'll see what's truly right with them according to God. Because lowly states to God evidently is the right atmosphere for God to birth his purpose. All right. So she says this in verse 48. For he has regarded the lowly state of his maidservant. For behold, henceforth all generations will call me blessed. She's basically saying, man, I'm so lowly. I'm, 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 I'm homely. I'm homely and everybody's going to call me blessed. So you, even though she, she's being honest about who she is, she's also seeing that God, my God, he chooses these types of people. So everybody's going to think and, and say that I'm blessed. So you can see that the, the spirit of God is now changing her and transforming her into the right mindset. The Spirit of God is doing it. She hasn't done it. The Spirit of God is doing it. Only because, one, she's chosen to say yes to God, and the other is she's met the right relationship that's caused everything to come forth in her life, and now it's at this time, it's, she's changing. She's morphing or uh, 
it's like a seed getting birth. You know, she went, it goes from a deadly state to a lively state. So she's going from a deadly state seed to a lively seed. And she starts prophesying, becoming this so-called prophetess. It says, behold, behold, henceforth, all generations will call me blessed for he who is mighty has done great things for me and holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation. He has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud and the imagination of their hearts. Well, that's, that is going to happen. And he has put down the mighty from their thrones. Well, that's, that's a big one. I won't even go into that, but a, a lot of us, and, and I'm sure you've been here. If, if you really think that you're mighty and uh, you're qualified, most of the time he's got to take, uh, get you down from your throne so that he can really burst birth his throne in your life. And so, uh, so it says for behold, <clears throat> henceforth, all generations will call me blessed. For he who is mighty has done great things for me and the holy and holy is his name and his mercy is on those who fear him from generation to generation for he has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the imagination of their heart. He has put down the mighty from the thrones and he exalted the lowly he, and exalted the lowly and he has filled the hungry with good things. There's another thing about the spirit. Those that are starving, he's going to actually fill. Starving means you don't have any food. Starving means you don't have any substance even from God. There's no food coming down from God. The only thing you're eating of are the things of this world, which is causing you to starve. A lot of people that don't, don't have a good mentality, God considers they're starving. Think about that. And so when you see someone that is starving, it is someone that does not have a good mentality. So he wants to feed them. And I have not been like that. When I see people with the wrong mentality, then I have missed it. Those people are the people that are hungry because they haven't been really eating true food. And so they're starving. So most of the time, though, if I don't see it that way, I will bypass them and not want to help them because I'm thinking, well, they're and I'll, I'll be religious. I'm thinking, well, they're eating from the wrong tree, you know, and then I'll cop this religious attitude and I will walk around those that really God wants to actually feed. And that's the way the spirit of God is. He, he wants to feed those that are hungry. Now being hungry is not necessarily having a fire for God and saying, I'm hungry for the Lord. I'm hungry for more, which that is good. That's a, that's a layer of being hungry, but you got to understand she's talking from someone that's experienced. She's never had true food from God. The only thing that she's been eating is her own nature. She's been believing in her, how lowly she is. She's been believing in all these negative things about her, but now she's seeing that God has considered that someone being hungry. <laughs> There's no telling how many times I've looked at people 
and saying, you know, because they're not in the frame mind that I, uh, what I think hunger is. And, uh, and I say, well, the Lord's really not going to ever meet them because they're really not hungry. <laughs> Please get that one because, uh, there's no telling how many times I've missed. I can probably say thousands of people because I have chosen to define what hungry is. Hungry is not someone that's always praying, even though that is a dimension of, of a hunger for the Lord, but someone that's truly hungry doesn't have strength. They don't have the strength to pray all night. They don't have the strength to what we call press in. Uh, uh, they don't have the aptitude uh, like we think that they should have. It's someone that's hungry, someone that's weak. And we're the ones that are supposed to be giving bread from heaven to those that are hungry. And, and like I said, there's no telling how many times I have... Uh, skipped over people because I didn't think that they had a hunger for God. I hope this makes sense. And I hope this helps because I'm telling you the spirit of God, he thinks completely different than I do. He looks at people completely different than we do. And this is where we've got to get. And that's why we're under trying to understand the spirit this year. That was one of the mandates for this year is that we've got to start understanding how the spirit of God thinks. And we start taking on his mindset, asking him to start taking over our mind through his thoughts. Because in Isaiah, he says, my thoughts are not your thoughts. My ways are not your ways. So you can imagine the, you know, the, the turning of tables that he's done even in my life. And I'm sure he's doing it in your life as well. All right, let's keep going. Uh, let's see. Where were we? Okay, in verse 53, he has filled the hungry with good things. Remember that, underline that, or highlight it. When you see somebody hungry, you've got to allow the Spirit of God to have something good for those people. And you've got to have the mentality to allow the Spirit of God to make you good in order to say things good. So he's got to change the way you see that person and the rich he has sent away empty. Those are people that actually think they, they know everything. That would be me. I would be one of those. Well, the, uh, being rich is the, having the mentality of thinking, well, they're ne they're never going to get anything from God because they're not hungry enough. That's me being rich. In other words, I think I know everything. Well, most of the time he will deal with guys like me and he will empty you out and realize you were on the wrong track. And he has done that several times in my life. When he has emptied me out, I've realized I, go, I, I learned my lesson and I go, okay, you fill my mind with the things that you want to fill it with. All right. He has helped his servant Israel in remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his seed forever. And it says, and Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her house. <clears throat> and this is sort of close to the, where we stopped off, but I want to kind of hit this uh, for us as well. If you'll notice, even though Mary 
has been impregnated by the spirit of God. And she's met the relationships. Now she's met the relationship that she is supposed to be with, which caused her to awaken as well. She stays with Elizabeth basically until it's time for Elizabeth to give birth. And then after that time, she returns to her own place. And uh, this is something that we've got to get as well. Most of the time when you're impregnated, God will put you with the right people and it will wake up a lot of things in your life, but the enemy will try to come to you and get you tempted to try because you get so excited, kind of like Mary, you get so excited that you, you miss that God has actually put you with these people to not only awaken you, but actually to help serve them and actually help them fulfill their purpose. And if we fulfill, help fulfill their purpose, then what will happen, it will put us in the place to where we need to be birthed as well. It will cause us to be able to birth our, our purpose at the right time and at the right place. But most of us, uh, when, when we're pre impregnated uh, by purpose through the spirit of God, we want to uh, birth it right away. And if you birth something right away and push that baby out, uh, it's not going to be healthy. And if you push it out at the wrong time, uh, it will basically die. And a lot of us have had those issues. You know, we'll find ourselves with the right people. And uh, we, we find out, my God, you've got some of the same purpose that I do. And uh, we forget that that person, person is impregnated with the spirit of God. And so are you. So, but the person that you're with is a little bit far beyond where uh, in, in their pregnancy and they need your help. Now watch this. I want you to understand this. If a person, remember this, especially you women out there that are probably watching, uh, when a woman is pregnant, is pregnant, especially toward the end of her course, uh, her attitudes uh, get a little bit frustrating, to say the least. They get, uh, they're very edgy. They're ready to push this thing out. Uh, you're so stretched out of proportion that you're, you're looking at yourself thinking, my gosh, I'm look at me. I'm, you start uh, analyzing yourself and you're like, my gosh, I wish this baby would just come out. And all of these emotions, you know, get you to the place to where when it's time you will push because you've had enough. I want you to understand this because I learned this one by failure. By failure. Thank God I stayed, but by failure. All right. When God put purpose in my life, he connected me with someone that caused the purpose of God to awaken in me. But because I didn't know these principles of the Lord or the way the spirit would move, when I was connected to this guy, man, it was awesome. It was like a honeymoon moment. It was just wonderful. It, even for years, it was, it was, it was great. 
But I forgot that the person that God has connected me to is pregnant as well. So as I'm walking in relationship with that person, and I don't know these things, this person, when it comes time to give birth, there's a lot of stretching that starts to happen. And he, he starts manifesting things that I would call ungodly and, and, uh, and wrong and, and uh, judging. And, and I start getting offended. And as I'm getting offended, because I don't, I don't understand the process of God, as I'm getting offended, I start to break loose from the very umbilical cord of God that I need that will give me substance to be able to birth this thing full grown. Are you with me? And as I've started to let loose of this person, because I start judging them, man, they've got a rejection spirit, man. I've been with them long enough to know this thing. I, I'll tell you what, they got some character flaws. They're really manifesting on me right now. I really need to pray to see if God's going to train. Maybe this is a year of trans transition for me. Maybe I, uh, the grace of God is, you know, uh, lifting and maybe God's transitioning me out of this church, transitioning me out of uh, this relationship because it's really not working out. Now I'm not saying sometimes that does work, that that does happen, but I want you to understand that the without pressure and without an intensity, it's, it's not going to help what I'm impregnated with to actually be strong. And without me, with me being in relationship with this person, even while they're manifesting, while I'm connected with them, it's helping them as well. So instead of encouraging them while they're going through what we would call, what we would call a problem, they've got this spirit, they've got that spirit. I, I, what they were really going through is they were, they were at the edge of their breakthrough and their birthing stage of birthing the promises of God in their life. So the, of course they're going to start manifesting. Anytime you start really manifesting bad, there is some type of breakthrough or there's some type of birthing that's about to go on in your life. But most of the time we look at the manifestations and then we miss to push and get excited because God's birthing something. And I started not to do that. I started pulling away from the person that God had put me with. And all of his emotions and everything started stirring up. And I didn't realize his manifestation was really a sign of his birthing of what God called him into. And as I pulled away, the Lord said, where are you going? And I said, well, Lord, he's got, you know, he's got a rejection spirit. Uh, he's, he's, He's saying negative things about me behind my back and, or, you know, and, the, and I'll never forget this, but I never understood it, but I just stayed with the, I obeyed the spirit, even though I didn't understand. Thank God. Uh, he said, I said, he's got a rejection spirit. He's talking things about me. And he said, no, I want you staying with him because you're his food and his nourishment for his life to birth the purpose that I've called him into. Now, Dumbo me, 
I just thought, well, praise the Lord, you know, and I thought, well, I'm somebody instead of actually understanding the birthing process of purpose. So I just stayed with him, not having the total understanding. Man, if I would have had the total understanding, I could have actually given him more life by prophesying purpose to him. Instead, I just kind of gripped my teeth and long suffered and thought, well, God's teaching me something. And he was, but I could have actually walked through that relationship with joy. You look at Mary, she said she remained with her uh, about uh, three months. Well, when she went to meet Mary, she was Mary. I mean, when Mary went to meet Elizabeth, Elizabeth is about six months. So you can understand that the relationship, she stayed in that relationship until the time of birthing. So I'm sure Mary had to listen to Elizabeth's attitudes the more she got stretched, but she stayed with her. And how many of us jump ship when people need us? When people are at their birthing stages, we call them manifesting and God calls them birthing himself in them. Think about that. The spirit of God, remember, is going to birth himself through chaos, void, darkness, and then out of that darkness, there will be light. We don't become light to try to birth light. He has to do that. So while Mary is remaining with her, she's Mary's the last three months is going through chaos. There's void in her mind. And Mary is encouraging her in this pregnancy instead of dividing from her. And so when it was Elizabeth's turn and she birthed thing, birthed her purpose, then Mary returns back. It, it puts Mary back into where she needs to birth her place. And then Mary goes through the process of birthing her uh, purpose, which is Jesus Christ at the time and walks it out with Joseph. Isn't that amazing? So you can understand uh, Joseph had to go through the same thing with Mary and he remained with her. And of course, Joseph wanted to put her away when he finds out that, you know, uh, Mary's pregnant. And I don't know how many times I wanted to put somebody away when God had put me in relationship with them and they're manifesting and they're not forming the way that I think that they should be formed. God's forming them, but they're not, I don't see God in it. And uh, I want to put them away somewhere because they're not forming to my expectations. That's the thing that Joseph uh, uh, dealt with. It didn't work. It was, didn't turn out the way that he thought it should turn out. My God, she's pregnant and you know we're not even married yet. My goodness, what am I going to do? And so he wanted to put that thing away. He was embarrassed by it. And there's no telling how many times I've been in relationship with people that have taken on a form that I didn't agree with. And, and I jumped ship on that relationship because basically they would be an embarrassment to me and they would make my name, you know, tainted. 
And so I jumped ship uh, and boy, I can't jump ship no more. Uh, the spirit of God has said, Hey, and there's no telling how many times he said this. He, and cause I men, the spirit of God are country. But, uh, uh, anytime I've wanted to jump ship in a relationship that God planted me in because they're not doing it the way that I think that they should do it. They should not walking necessarily the way that I think that they should walk. That spirit of God says to me, I've never jumped ship with you. Which makes me think, oh my goodness, I've got to see this person the way the spirit of God sees them. And maybe I could endure like the spirit of God endures with me. The spirit of God is enduring with you. Everyone that's watching this, he knows you're pregnant. And he's looking at what's being formed instead of the negativity that you're seeing in your mind about yourself. And he, if you'll notice, he'll still keep his purpose going without your help. I mean, how can a baby uh, uh, grow without the spirit of God? Physically, it, it's still a miracle that we get pregnant. It doesn't matter if you're with a man or a woman or, or not. It, it's still a miracle that a baby is formed out of that intimacy with each other. It's still a miracle. It's a miracle how a woman can carry that baby. It's a miracle how your, your bellies can stretch and all of the organs and all of the, the, the bones and the hips, everything has to make room for something that is supernatural. And guys, I'm going to tell you, we've got to make room for the spirit in our life to change us, to mold us the way that he wants to think so that we can truly see uh, what God is doing in people instead of what we want to see, what, the, what we think the enemy is doing. I'd much rather see what God's doing than what the enemy's doing. It's so easy to see the things, the negative things about people. What's really hard is to see into the negative things of people and see wonderful things. And that's what the spirit of God does with us. So you can imagine what happens to Elizabeth. She sticks it out. Why? She doesn't realize, but she has been transformed in the mentality of the spirit. She's being transformed. She's transformed in the image of God. And so she sticks it out with that relationship until that relationship births the purpose for Elizabeth. And then she goes back and does her part with Joseph. Isn't that amazing? And then, of course, later on, we're going to find that, you know, um, um, when it's time to birth Jesus or when he is birth, uh, she finds herself, uh, being taken to different geographical places. And I don't, we'll, we'll start on that next week. I, I wasn't expecting to talk in detail on what Mary prophesied, but I felt like we, you know, it, we really needed the details of the spirit. But in this next, uh, transition with Mary and Joseph, you can see that the purpose of God finds them moving to geographical places. One reason is because, you know, Herod sends out a decree uh, to kill all the firstborn during that era. 
And so Joseph wakes, uh, uh, God wakes up Joseph in a dream, tells him to move. And they find themselves going down into Egypt and, and, and staying there a while. And that's, that's the next phase of the spirit of God. He, you will find the spirit of God moving you to places. And you don't even, some of us don't even know why we're being moved to places. How many of us have moved and you don't even have a clue why you're being moved. Sometimes you're being moved uh, because he's protecting you just like he did with Joseph and Mary. Do you have to know what he's protecting you of? No. Just do what God tells you to do. And so they find themselves moving to another geographical place because that's going to not only protect them, but that's also going to help them uh, because they're having to be flexible. You'll look at uh, a woman's body or uh, as she's being pregnant, the body knows it has to be flexible. Well, you can look at Joseph and Elizabeth's life. Their life, like a woman, had to be flexible with whatever God wanted to do. And can you imagine being the spirit of God? Having to do whatever God tells you, no matter what. You imagine how flexible the spirit of God is. Because it's the spirit of God that only knows the heart of God. So you can imagine being the, the mind of the spirit and listening to the will of God and having to be flexible to everything that he wants done. That's the way we're supposed to be. Flexible like the spirit is with the will of the father. And seeing things the way the father wants us to see it instead of the way that we want to see it. And if you can die to your ways and, and allow God to show you his ways, we will be so much more happier. And so we'll, we'll end there. Just remember, we'll, we'll end where he moves them because there's a decree. And we'll talk about that decree next week. Because anytime you've got or are impregnated with purpose or impregnated by the spirit of God, the enemy always sends terrorism. He'll always send terrorism to those that are impregnated uh, by the spirit of God. Because one thing the enemy does not want to happen. He doesn't want you becoming the nature of the spirit. He doesn't mind you every now and then doing signs and wonders and, you know, and praying for people, they get healed. All that is gifting type things. But if you start becoming the nature of the spirit, in other words, if you allow the spirit of God to start birthing the true nature of Christ in us, that's when the enemy starts sending out decrees in you. When he starts seeing you obeying the spirit and, and, and little things about character, about walks, about some of the things, you know, most of the things that uh, God, where you really change is when you obey God, when nobody's looking and nobody knows. That's when things start changing in you. Even your body changes, your mindset changes, your eyes change, you, the way you see things. And when things like that happen in your life, Man, the enemy does not like that. 
So he'll send out decrees against you to get you bitter. Think about this. How many of us have gotten pregnant? Your life is going great. You're impregnated. You're starting to learn the spirit of God and your character starts to change. You're starting to have a wonderful life because you're, you've given in to the Lord. And then all of a sudden, he, he sends someone in your life to send an arrow of a bitterness or they'll, uh, they'll send something toward you. They'll, they'll, they'll reject you or all, anything to get you into the nature of bitterness, into the nature of hatred, into the nature of criticism, because that is the decree of Herod being sent out to destroy what God is birthing. And the way he destroys it now today is he, he tries to get us to take the bait of the enemy instead of eating from the hand of the Lord. And then before you know it, you're bitter, you're mad, and you're blaming it on everybody else but yourself because you took the bait. If you just realize, my God, there was a decree sent against me and I took the bait and I've almost aborted what God has put in me. I'm supposed to be like the Lord. I'm supposed to walk in love. I'm supposed to be walking in these places of long suffering. And you say, Lord Jesus, get me turned back to that. Position me to birth you in my life again. Tie me, tie me into the stirrups of the birthing table so that I won't move this time. Keep me open so that I can birth your son in me. I hope this makes sense. I hope this helps. Uh, next week, we will uh, stop. We will start at the time of Herod because... Uh, we can see that everything that's going on, including the decree of Herod, God is allowing all of this to get uh, the, his son birthed at the right time, the right place, so it can gather the people that he needs even for his future. It's amazing what the Spirit of God does. And that's what we're going to see. We're going to start finding out that everything that's happened in your life has been for purpose. It hasn't been for abortion. It's been for birthing. And a lot of you guys think you've lost it. You feel like your baby's stillborn. Oh my God, I got, I got hit by the enemy by that decree. I'm never going to do it. I'm never going to birth him again. No, the, the very reason why God is sending out these messages and, uh, and giving us understanding is he's trying to herald to you with a trumpet. You're still pregnant. You might have taken the bait of Herod, but you're still pregnant. Let's turn around and let's get back to that manger Let's get back to that mentality and let's follow me and let's birth this thing. All right. Okay. Well, I love you guys. Uh, thank you for tuning in. We've got a lot of people chatting here. I'm, I'm here. I've got this thing. Uh, uh, I've got my Bible uh, soft program on this computer. Plus I'm trying to watch this screen, but uh, just know um, you haven't aborted your baby. It may feel like it, uh, but listen, God's in this. If God is in your life, he's going to birth his promise. If you'll let him, 
but you've got to let go. I can assure you, you've got to let go and allow God to show you your life according to his purpose, not the way that you see it. And you will see that you're still pregnant. You will see that you haven't miscarried. You will see that you haven't bled all over yourself. Uh, you will see that God has held you up even in your misunderstandings, because the only reason we haven't known this stuff is because we, we were void of understanding of the spirit of the Lord and how he works in our life and how he works in other people's lives and in our relationship. He stayed with you. He's endured with you. He's seen your mess. And the funny thing about the spirit of God, he's allowed you to get in such a bad mess that it's actually prepared you for your real birthing. Oh, that's crazy. All right. I love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, keep supporting us. Thank you for your support. Thank you for the emails you're sending in, uh, giving us feedback. It's been awesome. You guys are wonderful. Uh, you know, get the word out on the, some of this stuff that we're talking about. Uh, if you want to get the word out, let people, let them know that we're, you know, we've got these webinars. Uh, if not, just tell them, give them the revelations that God is teaching us, you know, uh, in these teachings. You don't have to tell them Brad said this because what I'm sharing is yours. I'm not sharing this because it's mine. God, it's God in us that's giving something that really is already in you, but it's awakening him in you. So what is being given to you right now in these teachings has nothing to do with it being mine. It has everything to do. It's been yours all this time. It's just God waking it up. So speak these things as though they're yours because they are yours. I'm saying something you already know, but you haven't known it because it never, it's never been awakened. Okay. All right. Love you guys. Bye-bye.